0: It's hashtag Podcast Day. Welcome to the FL Sesh Podcast. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back. To yet another episode of the FL Sesh podcast, your uh, your favorite podcast that's called the FL Sesh podcast. Um, I'm one half of your host, Joe, and uh, I can't introduce Andy because unfortunately we've uh, we've separated the episode out again. So you're stuck with me doing all the boring bits and explicitly banned from doing a clip show style uh, back and forth. Um, and you've got Andy to come with an exciting, an ever so exciting interview. Yet another, I know. I could, I could hear the gasps through the, uh, through the void. Um, I say Andy, as is, we're calling him Paxman now. He's a yeah chief interviewer in chief of uh, AFL Pod Towers. Um, as as discussed, I'm not allowed to do the clip show uh, style pod today. Got to keep it serious. Got to do my. Do my bits and pieces properly um I know boo boo and sadness sadness um without further ado i'll jump in to my preordained segment, the managerial merry go round immediate problem with this is that i can't remember who we spoke about in the last uh podcast, so I'm going to start with Nathan Jones at Charlton and hope that I say the same thing about him um I presume last time I didn't let you all know that Nathan Jones is a devout Christian who credits his faith with getting him through bad times, which is, you know, a great start. Um, on to his career. Everyone's very aware of his career, I believe. Um, did pretty wonderful stuff at Luton. Did, I wouldn't say wonderful stuff at Southampton. Um, and hopefully he's planning on doing wonderful stuff at Charlton. Um one draw, one loss from his first two games. So I wouldn't, on my barometer of wonderfulness, it's not up there yet. Um, but it's early days. Don't want to judge him too uh, too prematurely. And I think for a, well, am I talking for me or am I talking for me and Andy? I'm going to talk for both of us. Um, the EFL Pod thinks that um, Nathan Jones is a good appointment for League One Charlton. Um, annoyingly, there's no. I can't play the games with myself. I can't. I can't do sort of a a manager versus manager win percentage, for example, because I know the answer because I'm I'm looking at them. Um so I won't bother. Um I'll leave that at that. Big tick in the Nathan Jones column. Um John Eustace only appointed Blackburn Rover's manager six days ago, so I think we're safer with this one. I'm pretty sure I haven't given an opinion on this. Although in the past we've been very forthcoming about our opinion on John Eustace and his unjust dismissal uh, from from Birmingham City. Um Surprised it's taken this long to, to get him back into a managerial hot seat, um, but glad, but glad he is back. And uh, I don't know, I think Blackburn, good club to go to, um, seems to fit the profile of a, a club that he will do well at. Um, and yeah, not really a great deal again to say about this. Game's gone. The game, not the game's gone, the, my games are gone. Um I think, I don't know, I didn't really have a fun fact about Eustace either. He's, you know, serious manager doing serious stuff. Um, Blackburn promotion year 2024-2025. Heard it here first. Um, that's a pod prediction, not a moot prediction. Don't at me if that doesn't come true. Um, penultimately, Darren Moore back in business. Um, after very loudly standing up for Darren, Um did not do very well at Huddersfield. Let's let's not put too fine a point on it. Um, lots of uh, lots of injuries. Don't get me wrong. And you know, not the most de- deep a squad for the Championship either. But a diabolical run <laughs> at Huddersfield. Three wins out of twenty-three. Rubbish style of play. Um, not even being the Talker United Young Player of the Year in 1993 would save Darren from the chop in that job. Um, however, his return to football management extremely interesting. Port Vale in League One, struggling in League One as well, um, but with a with a pretty decent squad on deck, and now with a pretty decent manager, with experience in League One as well of kicking teams up the league and uh, even getting promoted. Who could forget last year? Yeah, I think Port Vale's onto a winner. So fair play. Do I have a Darren Moore stat? I used it early, early doors. My Talkie United Player of the Year one. Would anyone like to know another honour of Darren Moore's? I bet you would. He was a Doncaster Rovers Hall of Fame inductee in 2020, which is cool. And I presume off the back of winning the Yorkshire Electricity Cup in 1996 with Doncaster Rovers. No, me neither. Uh, finally, and I, I can hear the cheers. The earlier boos have turned into cheers. Now this segment is, is ending and is. Terrible. Um, breaking news. Hot off the press. Time as manager, zero days. Andre brighton writer or Brayton Um or however you want me to say it, Andre. Get in touch. Get you on the pod. You can pronounce your name for us. Who has taken over from Darren at Huddersfield Town. Um, I have to say, didn't ring an immediate bell um, when I heard it. Should have done, though. Known for taking sides with low expectations and exceeding them. Um, a number of uh, sort of German and Swiss team success on his CV. Um, yeah, I mean, it seems like quite an exciting, forward thinking appointment from Huddersfield Town. Um, yeah, but we'll, we'll see. I can offer no further guidance uh, as as discussed. I won't lie. I won't pretend I knew about Andre's time as a player at Hanover 96 in 1991 1992, where he won the DFB Pokal Trap or hit. Trup, did I say make cup, or um, his time at uh, FC Zurich, crushing the uh, the chokehold that young boys had on the Swiss Super League in twenty twenty one twenty two, and taking them to the uh, to the title, and his sixty four point one percent win rate while he was doing it as well, outrageous. See, these are the sort of stats that we could have been playing with Andy, but hey, t- times are tough. This this is what has to be done. Um, the perfect time for a clip show segment there that I am not allowed to do. Yeah, we move. Um, there you go. You've been spun. You've all been spun around the managerial merry-go-round. Um, I feel like now is is only right that I yeah I cede the mic and I let Mr. Paxman, as we will now be calling him, I've just decided that Mr. Paxman take over and uh, and yeah see us in to February with an absolute rip-roarer of an interview
1: hello 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 and welcome back to the efl sesh podcast as alluded to before we went to an actual break um we've got the main segment of the episode if we're being totally honest we're absolutely delighted to be uh, joined by jay devro um the hashtag united manager i say that again the hashtag united manager is on the efl sesh podcast we're absolutely delighted um before we kind of get into introducing Jay, I've got a few stats um, to to introduce him, uh, to show you kind of how kind of, uh, you know, privileged we are to have him on the pod. So Jay, just by himself, has over 20,000 social media followers. He's had over 20 years experience working in non-league, the, uh, the non-league football pyramid. He's currently manager of one of the most, you know, worlds, you know, the uh, one of the most uh, socially followed clubs in the whole of the world, actually, Hashtag United, with over 1.3 social media followers over, you know, all the different platforms, which is absolutely uh, amazing. And obviously, he's incredibly respected by his peers and overall just a bit of a legend. And on that note, Jay, welcome to the pod, mate.
2: Thanks, Andy. It's a pleasure to be here, mate. Um, yes, yeah, slightly embarrassed by the by the intro it's not that big a deal but
1: I think I was a bit overwhelmed and said you know I couldn't even get like the most socially followed team I was just a bit overwhelmed that we actually have you on the pod so it's uh no thank you so much for taking the time
2: yeah I I think my 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 personal social media following I'm I'm not quite sure how it's that it's the most the most boring social media accounts you can imagine so (laughs) yeah definitely yeah definitely dad dad, dad using social media that's that's for sure
1: I call it wholesome that's what I go for a wholesome <laughs> social media account it's very very okay I'll, I'll take it um but no again thank you so much for taking the time and uh, really appreciate you know you uh, giving us some more of an insight obviously about hashtag we will t- go into that but I think for the first off we you know for the people that don't know you jay we'd love you to give you know the listeners a perspective of your footballing career whether that be in playing or managing give us a you know your footballing life in hopefully like Five minutes or less, maybe.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I started out playing football as as, as a child, like you know most of most of us do. Um, did okay. Played at you know a reasonable level. Was at uh, Millwall uh, as a youngster, through to kind of schoolboys. Um, you know the usual stuff, district football, things like that uh, in, in in Dagenham. And I was I was really lucky actually that um, from my Sunday morning side. So um, we were, we were managed by uh, a gentleman called Roger Cross, who has had a long, distinguished career in, in, in you know, the Football League and, and, and the Premier League as uh, he was a professional footballer himself for, for most London clubs, um, but equally then went on to uh, be a coach and assistant manager at the likes of Millwall West Ham, Tottenham, QPR, some huge, huge clubs, um, most recently, I think, working for for, for Charlton Athletic and, and clubs. So, yeah, and so that kind of football upbringing, if you like, was quite blessed for a Sunday morning uh, level that we were able to um, experience being being coached by a, a professional football um, coach and manager. So, yeah, I, I suppose it probably goes back as, as far as that. Uh, Millwall got released too small. Um and then found myself playing in Dagenham and Redbridge's youth team at the inception of Dagenham and Redbridge, when Redbridge-Forest and Dagenham merged in, in the early 90s. Uh, and I think I was part of that first youth team. And and within, within that first season, I think I I'd, I'd managed to um, make my first team debut. I was 16. Um, and things were looking quite good. I had a few appearances uh, for Dagenham's first team in the... Uh, In in the you know the national league or the the conference as it was then, and then suffered uh, quite significant injury of a fracture of my spine which put me out out for a year. Um, Found myself going from the top end of the non-league pyramid to the 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 bottom in the Essex Senior League. Uh, Kind of had to go and regain my my fitness and um, and reliability, if you like, and, and my learning and, and growing. So I still I think I was 20 at the time uh, and ended up playing for a team called Ford United, who are now mm-hmm. Redbridge. Um, and we experienced some brilliant times at, at folds uh, as a, we had to think four promotions in six seasons, which took us from the Essex Senior League to what was, the, it was then the Ishmian Premier, when the Ishmian Premier was Step two it was yeah. because it just used to be the national league, so before that split, um, got to the first round of the FA Cup, played mm-hmm. away at Preston North End as a Ishmian Division Three team. Um, David Moyes was a, was the manager of, of Preston at the time; he was a young manager there. So, yeah, brilliant, brilliant times with even better people, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, and then, and found myself played for a couple of other. Other non league clubs I had more. My, my career was was largely hampered by injury, um, mostly broken bones, yeah. of the spine, but then broken legs and broken arms and broken jaws. And found, found myself uh, played brief spells at Enfield and a uh, very brief spell at, at, at Wolfham Forest. And then found myself at Barkin, where I, as a player, became player coach. My old manager from Fords took over. Um, chap called Dennis Elliott and basically made, asked me to come in and, and be a player coach. And from then I kind of got the bug really um, mm-hmm. around coaching and being involved and kind of went through that coach, assistant manager, and then uh, had a brief spell as manager of Barking Football Club um, when we went through a real difficult time. Uh, the chairman passed away. The club had to take voluntary relegation. Um, the manager then became the chairman, mm. so I stepped in. really good learning experience for me probably not such a great experience if you were a fan of the football club I think it, it would be fair to say it probably came a little bit too too soon for me. And whilst we did okay, um, certainly I, I was you know well I look back at it back at it now and and it, uh, I had a lot of learning to do. Definitely. Had a, had a brief spell after that uh, at Dagenham and Redbridge when they got promoted into the football league. And I worked um with Robbie Garvey managing their under eighteens that played in like the Essex Re- Reserve League. And uh, they didn't have a reserve team as such. Often you'd get first team players come come and do that, had a season doing that, and then moved to, to Redbridge, who you know the, previously known as Ford, mm. and became manager of them for about a season and a half. Um, left Redbridge, uh for, for family reasons. Yep, and had a year out, and then I got a phone call um, at the beginning of the following pre-season from John Coventry, who was the manager of East Thurrock United uh, yep. in the Ishmael North, and went on to spend I think seven years at East Thurrock, where again we we ran promotion to the to National League South, and and had, I did our first season in the National League South of East Thurrock, where we we finished top half. Um, and again, brilliant, brilliant times. First round of the FA Cup a couple of times, couple yeah. of promotions, playoff wins. And yeah, so that was that. was that. And then I, I stepped away from East Thurrock. Um, I think I, in my mind, I'd got to the point where i have been assistant for, for a long time now. And I felt it was probably time for me to be a manager, but was never one of those people to kind of just take any job. Yeah. if you like, if, you, if you like and um but also I was I'm also been a person who's been prepared to walk away from something if it hasn't felt right and not worry about what's around the corner and I was quite content to walk away and not have another football job to go to and I just filled that year really volunteering um around uh my children's school coaching coaching the team at the children's school I did some guest sessions funny enough for your 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 favorite non league club I, I, I remember taking a pre-season session um for Canvey yeah. as a as a favor to my now assistant manager Joe Keith who was assistant manager at Canvey and nice. the then then at Canvey Danny Hill oh yeah <laughs> so, you know just keeping keeping my hand in really and then I got a um I got a phone call uh, over christmas back in I think 2000 it was just Christmas 2017. Um, asking if I would be prepared to have a chat with Spencer because he was starting a you know he had started a team called called hashtag United and they wanted to start taking things a little bit more seriously and uh, yeah here we are what six years, six years later.
1: That, that's an unbelievable career like the fact that you've obviously you know you, you you played um obviously quite high level in your in your youth days obviously unfortunately played by injury but some of the experiences I, th- I think that's the that's the important thing I got from that you know some of the you know the first round the FA Cup against Preston you, you obviously that's a massive moment in your life but it's you said it's you did that experience with better people and you loved the experience with the people that you did it with and that's I think you know, for, for careers like yourself, that's the, the moments are great, but it's who you do it with, and it's the people that you bond with, and it's the people that you, you know, that that their memories will last a lifetime for the people that you did it with, and that's where bonds are made.
2: I think that's the the word you use there is memories. I to say to yeah. my you, you you don't really do it for the now, you do it for you do it for the memories. It, 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 any. I imagine at any level, yeah, the, the money, all all of those things that that all that all goes, but it's it's the memories you take with you yeah, and the, and the and the friendships that you that you gain uh, and the bonds that you build. Uh, yeah, they, they, that's what that's why we do do these things. I think because it's a labor of love. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah and and um you know from the other managers that we've spoken to like brad and and uh danny scopes like it can be a lonely place and uh having yeah. that friendships and uh and, and them core people that you know you really like and you bond with is, is super important i suppose now like it it the segue to hashtag kind of like, you know, we, we have to talk about it. And it's one of them ones which um, kind of leads me into my next question. So, you know, focusing on hashtag, kind of what drew you to the hashtag well, at the time project? Um, and then I suppose the second question from that is, you know, what would you say, you know, probably by the social media stuff, like what's the distinct dif- differences in managing a cub like hashtag compared to, you know, when you were Redbridge manager or when you were East Farrakh manager? What would you say the distinct differences
2: are? So so I suppose the thing that that drew me to to the project initially was making my eight-year-old son happy. Yeah. It was as simple as that. Um, I'd I'd gotten to know Spencer for his dad, Steve, um, who was our uh, our physio at East Mm Thurrock. And Spencer was just starting his kind of career um, around YouTube and starting to to vlog. And he, 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 he was doing some work with, um, other f- kind of football content creators, but he, he wanted to come in and, and film a, like a mini documentary series around East Thurrock. Um, and I think he only got one or two episodes out before his own career meant that he couldn't continue doing that because he was doing that kind of voluntary and to kind of bring it for, for himself. And yeah. and and, he, and his his work career took off um, elsewhere, which meant he, he couldn't come back. But he used to have conversations with Steve all the time uh, I remember him saying that, you know, started uh, he came in one day and said, Oh I'm I'm at Wembley tomorrow. And I was like, Oh, what do you mean you're at Wembley? He said, Oh, spend some steamer planes, what do you what do you mean? Like we yeah. couldn't make sense of it. And I remember joking at it with him at one point and saying, Oh, they don't need a manager today, you know, I'll come and help out or or even, you know, someone that drive the bus. It, it was, the things they were doing were nuts. Um and it it was fascinating that they were they were doing these things. Um but equally, I had, a, say, a, an eight-year-old son who yeah. watched YouTube and would come down and tell me all the time about this hashtag United. And, and he had gotten to me because he, he's always been a bit of a my, my shadow. And so at East Farrakh, he would kind of follow around and, you know, pre-season would come and sit by the dugout and things like that. He was just there. Yeah. Um, and so he was there when Spencer um, did this, this little mini series thing so he had an interest in what spencer was doing yeah um and yeah he's speaking about this hashtag thing and i think that christmas spencer had released his book my son had been bought it by my by one of my members of my family um it happened steve asked for a call and i said oh funny you're you're calling me steve um ellis is just reading you know spencer's book sort of thing yeah. he said oh i might have an opportunity for you to get that signed." This is what they're looking to do, and I'll be honest. I, 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 it, this was a um, late December, after, between Christmas and New Year, and I'd left East Thurrock um, the previous May, and I was still going out and watching some games for, for yeah. East Thurrock. So I, I was, you know, I was, I was getting out and watching as much non-league football as I could. Um, and it was a big drop. It was a drop, you know, in terms of the standard. I, I, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd left a Conference South, a National League South team. Um, and I was being asked to get involved with a team that didn't even exist yet but had ambitions to get into the non-league py- pyramid uh, and, I, and I basically said, to Steve Look, I don't think, he said, they you looking for a manager would you be interested? And I, my initial response was, no I don't think I will be um, but I'm not doing anything um, because what he'd said is, Would you come and have a chat with Spencer? And I said, of course I will he said, because they're just starting to train um, and went to uh they were training at New River in in, in harringay Yeah. Um, sure yeah, yeah. I went down to meet Spencer and just have a chat. And I said, listen, I'm not doing anything at the moment. If you want someone to take your sessions for you while you're looking for a manager and deciding what you're gonna do, then I can I'll, I'll do that for you. And that's how it that's how it started and um I spent a few weeks around them. Um they started playing they they were still playing games and I'd I would go along in the background to help out. And I was just fa- fascinated by the enthusiasm and the yeah. passion that they had for for what they were doing and and guys that, you know, had, had not really not played some of them that hadn't played any level of football at all, but you turn up the games, they're talking about football, they're talking about the games that had just been on because they used to play on Sunday afternoons, the games that had been on in the Premier League. Um and Spence said to me, we've got a trip to, to Scotland coming up. Would you like to join us? And I said, yeah, no problem. I'll come along. And it was absolutely crazy. I think they put 500 tickets up that went within 10 minutes. They put another 500 up that went within another 10 minutes. It was played in the, in the, in the grounds of, of Hampden Park, you know, in the, in the shadows of the stadium. Um, a 1,000 people there and they had to cap it because they didn't know that they could control how many people they could control coming in. They were guys, you know, carpenters and plumbers and guys that worked mm. in banks walking through Stansted Airport and getting recognised by these kids and asking for photos and I'm yeah, just yeah. looking at this thinking, this is this is nuts. Um, and it was on that trip, I had a, a, a real serious conversation with Spencer about what his plans were, what his ambitions were, because they were one team uh, and he spoke about how he wanted it to be a, a a non-league football club and and the thing that really interested me was having the opportunity to help build build a build a football club rather yeah. than just um just manage a team it it appealed to me i'd watched john coventry at east Thurrock kind of oversee and run everything and, and so that experience was seeing how, how Someone could have impact on that, but this kind of starting from nothing, and and we were lucky because or the club were lucky that there was a new level, new league being implemented into the non-league pyramid at step six. Yeah, and because of the social media following, because I think five months before they played in front of thirty-four thousand people at Wembley. Yeah, yeah. Um, for safety reasons, there was an argument to put us into that level of football because. You just didn't know how many people might turn up at the local park without any kind of yeah, security yeah. measures in place. So that that's how we got in. It happened to be in the area that, that we wanted to, to play in as well, uh, you know, in, in, in the Essex and the surrounding areas. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, got a little bit, bit lucky and, and I, I agreed to um. have a go
1: it just blows my mind like I love I love the whole the whole premise is that you wanted to do it and the one of the sole motivations was to do it for your son which is absolutely brilliant I love that kind of thing you do
2: for your kids eh? <laughs>
1: absolutely absolutely
2: yeah no it's a, no it's it was and it was it was literally a case of the very first session I went I took a picture on my phone and I sent it back to, to him saying guess where I am and the lads were training and they didn't have any kit back then they were just in their in their own, own training kit. yeah yeah probably probably Fifty to seventy meters away because I was like they were the other side of the pitch, and you literally come back with, "You're at hashtag #United. What are you doing now?" And that's that's how that the young supporters are, and they they still like it now. Yeah, They're, yeah. It's obsessive. They know they know everything about the club because we're quite open, aren't we? And we you know we we almost allow that insight that they they really feel like they know you, and it, it's fantastic.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, the club has an identity. It has a following, and it has, you know, a really loyal following. Like I've been a follower of hashtag United for uh, at least six, seven years. I'd say watching majority of their games and the coverage that you do, live streams and everything, um, and and the fact that you know it was kind of like you were doing it as a favor to 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 obviously Spencer's dad and 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 just helping out, and then it the journey that you've been on is just incredible. And I think um, I think that kind of follows on nicely to the next question. Obviously, you've had a lot of success over the last few years of the club. One of the notable things I definitely, we talked about before the pod was like the um, the, the massive winning streak that you went on um, last season to get promotion, plus also the FA Cup qualifying success that you had and being on like, I remember watching it on BBC iPlayer and I was like blown away that hashtag United were on BBC. Yeah. It was incredible. Um, so, you know, I i'd like to dive into at the time and i know we spoke before the pod about you know you're very much like look at the next game look at that but what was it like at that time like what 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 was you know what was going through your mind you know what you know the atmosphere of the club behind closed doors because i think that's what the listeners want to know like what was the atmosphere around at that time when you've had that or that relative success so that's that
2: that you know that... But what at what point uh well uh, I suppose
1: I suppose you could probably talk about the FA Cup one first and then, then say, so, yeah, so yeah.
2: the FA Cup run came I'd say run. <laughs> I think it's three games. It just so happened it was a period where um we were in partial lockdown, weren't we, because of COVID. Um, so crowds were kept were, we were, our first game back after COVID, after the first lockdown, was the FA Cup extra um qualifying round. And the extra prelim round, and I i don't think I've ever before or since felt so nervous about a football match. We were playing a team, um, I and this is that you know, fate if you if you like, but we were we were playing a technical part of you who played their home games at um New River, yeah, yeah, which is where hashtag had always played their games, you know, they referred to I think they, they called it the hashtag arena. At the time, but it was New River Sports Centre, and we just happened to draw a team away from home that played there. So it, there was this kind of yeah synergy about it all, and and it was our first game since lockdown. So everybody was um had been a long time out. It was it, there was so much, and and it was our first ever game in the FA Cup, yeah, you know, which was huge for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because let's, let's be honest, there was some. Um, challenges and barriers. Um, a lot of people don't like the name, um, which understandably so. Nope. It, it, it's 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 a strange name for a, for for a football team. Um, I'll try to give some context. You know, I, I do say to people that all names are weird without context. You know, you know, even place names. If you actually think about them as words, they're odd words. Um, they just happen to be a place. Uh, Spencer says all the time about. Clubs get born out of workplaces and things like that. And we refer to West Ham as Thames Ironworks, et cetera. Um, and Hashtag, you know, Spencer's work was done around the the internet. So that's why, why that name and that's why it meant something. But equally, the amount of people that didn't like the name made it interesting. Yeah, Everybody yeah. loved it. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be if it, it wasn't, you know, if there's no controversy around it. It, it, it wouldn't be a story, if you like. Yeah. So we kind of need, need, needed that to make it make it interesting. And, yeah, we played uh, Parkview and we were huge favourites and we were awful. And I've never felt so nervous <laughs> and I've never yeah. felt such relief at winning that first game in the FA Cup because I knew how much it meant um, to Spencer and, and Seb and, and, and their family. Yeah. Uh, it was it was a massive massive moment for them 100 um, percent and any other point a fairly kind of bog standard routine draw for us but it just felt bigger and then from that it just we then drew Felix stowe in the next round yeah and we in, in our se- in our second ever FA cup game we had the second ever the second longest ever penalty shootout in the history of the competition I think we beat them 13 12. And we went through you know. We yes, were that was 11. a massive
1: penalty shootout. I remember that as well.
2: Yeah, that was like, I remember watching that. I was like, it's the longest one ever. And, yeah, went through the starting 11 to us. And then we drew um, at home, Soham Town in the next round. And BBC iPlayer chose to, or the, you know, BBC Red Button chose to have yeah. us as the, the, last, um, the live game. And I think we kind of broke all kind of um, qualifying round kind of records for that, that stream, for that level. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously the name of uh, us, the fact we were know and where we'd come from got that interest on there. But again, that went to a penalty show out and we won that. Um, Jesse Waller Lesson won it with a, a, yeah. a, a Panenka penalty Yeah, <laughs> so, unbelievable. So, I can believe yeah. it. Yeah, I remember uh, watching it. I
1: was like, what a, like at that stage, that pressure and to do a Penenka penalty was unbelievable. I remember just shouting on the top of my lungs, like, how has he done this? I,
2: and, I, and I think we just found that, particularly in our first couple of years, kind of mayhem and craziness and, and things followed us around. And if yeah, something yeah. was going to happen, it tended to happen at, at our games. And we eventually we got beat by Braintree, who were um, National League South, <laughs> and but hadn't played any games because they were starting later than us. So yeah, yeah. they were in the situation that we were in in our first game. And, and we score, I think. In the ninetieth minute, and then concede straight away in stoppage time for that to go to penalties, and uh, yeah, it's I suppose it's the saddest element of that was at that time had we not been, you know, restricted to crowds of three hundred, I think we would have had real, real big crowds, probably our biggest crowds we be could have attracted. Yeah, just craziness, just thing to follow.
1: Yeah, it really does, and you know that that's that's an incredible story, and I think like you said, it, you know for spencers like you know brainchild at the time and and him getting his club to an fa cup game regardless if it was qualifying or not you know that is an absolute major milestone and i can imagine you felt that pressure and you felt like you know you wanted a good performance and you wanted to get through and and let that you know moment sink in for him because i know you know how enthusiastic and passionate and how much he loves the club and you know
2: it's ultimately his baby right and and yeah that must and have that's been, exactly you know? that's exactly how i would describe it yeah you know it's not like working for any other ever own, any other owner it's not something you know, owners are custodians of clubs that this was say his creation uh, and he approaches everything like a, a, a fan yeah, you know, yeah. He's, he's a fad. He's, he, he, he's, it's it's really it's interesting and refreshing. He's obviously he's managed to kind of temper that because he's the, the, the chairman. Yeah, yeah. Um, as, as as he kind of grows as a chairman and and understands the role of that, but again, initially the the, the just the, the pure love and enthusiasm of of it being his and his creation made yeah. all the more different normal more special I think for everybody involved including the
1: players 100% 100% I think that's um, you know again memories right memories is the is the big thing there and I think that's a memory that Spencer and I think you will have for the rest of your life which is incredible right and that's that's you know well we love the game right and I, I, I love that love that pureness of how you've described it. And I think it's, you know, it's not just a football match. It's just much more than that, isn't it? It's much more about the journey. It's about how you got there. It's about how all the blood, sweat and tears, all the late nights, all of the stuff that culminate into their moments. And no, it's great to see. I love it. Um, I wanted to, obviously we alluded to the massive winning streak that you had in, uh, in, in last season, which was, you know, incredible that got you to, to where you are now. Um, I suppose when you went on that massive winning streak and you obviously won the league, absolutely, you know, had a great rivalry with AFC Sudbury, didn't you, that season? Pretty much went down to the wire and you went up. Um, I suppose with all that success and all that wins, what was your kind of expectations going into your kind of first season in the Isthmian Premier? What was like, you know, what was the expectations? I, I know you, I, I can imagine what your answer is probably going to be, is be like, take one game at a time, we'll stay in the league, get there first and then see what happens after but what was your expectations transparently
2: i think every step we've taken and and we've been fortunate enough since coming in to to kind of go up um three promotions and it's always been about establishing yourself and trying to you know compete yeah in in that next level because every every step you take gets bigger um you know it's it's not higher you go the the bigger the steps are and, and, and the bigger the challenge. Um, yeah. I wasn't best pleased at Canby or Avery, by you know, to be yeah. honest, because they had both pretty much made a mockery of, of, of it by a, of finishing in, in the playoffs and obviously yeah, yeah. Avery went up in their yeah, first yeah. season up. So all of a sudden there's that oh well, well if they could do it that you know that, that's that should be the expectation type thing. and um, probably more so amongst our fan base that would be aware of that because it's 100%. Uh, we, we've got such a wide and you know, vast fan base that they don't all understand just how difficult the steps are and they think that every season is a season that you know you, you go into the beginning of every every team goes in with a, an aim to you know win as many games as you can and the more games you win the closer you are to winning the league and, and at the beginning of the season when everybody's on no, no points it's everyone's aim to win the league because you're just trying to win the first game and, 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 and so on but the reality is that we knew it'd be important to just just stay in this league. Yeah, hundred percent. We felt, and I certainly felt that um, that we would be able to do that, and we would need certain things to maybe go away. But we knew if we if we had a particularly good season, we could maybe threaten that. The playoffs and that was the, the aim and the hope yeah. and the ambition first and foremost stay in the league 100% secondly you know if you and I think that's pretty similar to what Brad and, and, and Scopesy would have told you you know in terms of their approach and even now um, if they were talking about last season they, probably at this stage of last season neither of them were really thinking about promotion you just you you find yourself there Hundred um, percent. So, think yeah, that, that, that's that's where we were, and, and we had a, a reasonable enough start. With um, yeah, we drew too many games at the beginning of the season. Then we we, we, we hit some good form, and then we had our what our, our biggest wobble, if you like, as a club in terms of losing streak. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was five games, five league games, and it's the grand scheme of things, yeah. it's, nothing, it's nothing really. But in the modern football world of uh, short-termism,
0: yeah, it's, yeah. it yeah,
2: is always the end of it. And that's where you have to really manage expectations, but also the pressures on, on, on the players. Because if you think, say you spoke about earlier last year, we had 21 straight wins. That spoils people. That's, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's not something that happens often. At all. Um, and even now, probably don't realise how big a feat that was. 100%. But it's easy when you've gone three games without winning three straight defeats to feel like things are a lot worse than they are and and actually it's all just part of us growing uh, and and experiencing new things as a football club and some of those things are not it's not all going to be all the good stuff you're going to have to have lows as well to experience the highs so and as I said to many people, if, if that's a low, that's not really, you know, we, we, as a club, as a club, you know, grows, and that's the, the aim and the ambition is the club still exists in, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 years' time. I mean, we're very much at the beginning. And even, you know, when, whenever I leave the, the club, it will always still have been at the v- the very beginning of what we're doing. We'll still yeah, be a yeah. young football. We'll be a young football club in twenty years' time. We'll be a baby as a football club in 100%. twenty years' time. So, yeah, it's trying to you know see, see the bigger picture and and, and, and add a little bit of balance because we've been lucky to experience what a lot of clubs don't get to experience in in almost hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, at our level, and we've we've yeah, we've been quite fortunate.
1: Hundred percent. You know, that that's that's the scary thing. Like you said, 20 years, you'll still be a baby club compared to like, you know, these clubs that have been established for, you know, over 100 years, which is crazy. And, and, and when you look at, I suppose, the, you know, the amount of success you've had in that short amount of time. And I completely agree. Like that massive winning streak, that spoils people, and that very much sets an expectation and a precedent in in their minds anyway. Um, and when you do go on a little bit of a not say a wobble, a few games where you don't win, um, it, it it takes an adjustment period. And and I think what I've liked certainly. In watching like the the pre game analysis and and then the post game on the hashtag YouTube channel is, you know, you are you are one of the key messages for you is just setting that expectation. It goes, you know, we did get promoted last season. You know, the standards got better. You know, we have to adapt to it. And and when we spoke to Brad as well and 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 Danny, the key thing was, you know, sometimes you just need a couple of years just to stabilizing yourself in the league, just to, you know, know what the expectations are. You know, sometimes too much success can not say go to your head, but it can actually destabilize a club. It you know, egos get involved, and you know it can you can you know lose sometimes the values that you have, and and you know stray away from that from success. So you know, it, I think. Yeah. I think it's important to establish that you know it is a little bit of a blip you're going through right now, but that's absolutely fine. You are still in a very solid position within the, within the league. You've got teams like Dulwich Hamlet in that league. You know, w- you know, compared to you know, if you look at hashtag five years ago, the fact you're playing teams like Dulwich Hamlet,
2: who are big,
1: you yeah, know, big clubs, right? You know, and and that's that's we got we, the... we
2: played we played Dulwich opening day of the season. Yeah, yeah, and um, and somebody asked me, uh, I think he might have been, it might have been a a local reporter or someone asked me how how it felt. Um, would you have imagined playing a team like Dulwich Hamlet five years ago? And I said, well, actually, I said, I'm going to put that question back to you. How, how would Dulwich have felt about five years ago that if someone told them they'd be playing a, a, a team called Hashtag United? It kind of works both ways. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, certainly the away game with three and a half thousand people there we, when we've come from you know, playing three leagues below that and getting you know 40s and 50s before they're, they're pinch yourself moments for, for, for the owners for sure um but we have to fight against our own willing will to win as well sometimes you know and understand that you know you, you, you try and win every game but 100 percent unless you even Pep Guardiola doesn't win every game <laughs> yeah true yeah completely <laughs> agree yeah absolutely no, it's he wins most, but yeah, not every single one. Uh, no, no, it's it's, that, it's
1: a it's a fair point,
2: hundred percent. Otherwise, it wouldn't be competition, would it? A- agreed, hundred percent.
1: Um, so my last question for you, I think, is an incredible um uh one around the future of hashtag. So I know that you obviously we've alluded to the kind of relative, you know, age of the club, but if you were to maybe think in your mind, take your crystal, pool J, and be like. Where do we think Hashtag could be in five years' time? Where would you think, in your mind, you'd like to be? Not necessarily, like, maybe where the ambition is and where you want to be, but maybe where you'd like to be in five years' time as a club.
2: First and foremost, the the, the single biggest thing I would like for the football club in five years' time is to have their own brand. Yeah, 100%. Because you're sharing with Bowers and Pitsy, aren't you, at the moment? And, and that would be... Um, we've done a lot of work since... Forming and coming in to, to build a obviously we have a wide online a worldwide community to some extent, um, but equally our local community we've gone from one team to um, nearly fifty yeah um, youth teams. We have obviously we've got a brilliant women's team that, that are in the th- flying in the third tier. You know they they've got a strong chance of promotion to the women's championship. is this, yeah. this, this year. Um, we've got. Uh, a um, walking uh, football d- d- team, uh, yeah. um, dementia team, amazing. And we've got a, a, a disability football team that has grown f- massively, uh, and they're all things. Um, you know, we talk about we've done quite well on, on on the pitch, but things like helping to build those those elements of the club and yeah, yeah. And, you know, and introduce. Yeah, he's come about via mergers with the youth section but I w- I, w- I play quite a big part in that equally with the, the soccer ability team as well yeah. and seeing them play and, and and being part of the club and feel part of, of, of a local community is huge for us to then have our own ground would be be massive yeah uh, and actually I, I think um the owners for sure would would sacrifice um Enough promotion in the ne- next five years to to have their own home because 100%. who who knows what would, would would happen from that?
1: Yeah, exactly yeah. for you. And to be fair, I don't think we can. I think pretty much that is a perfect way to end the interview, Jay. I think that's a lovely way to kind of uh, finish it off there. um I suppose one last thing. Um, we we're obviously trying to get more guests on the pod and, and obviously spotlight non-league um and you know you've provided an absolute excellent insight and i've loved every second of this interview so it's been my honor jay if i'm being totally honest it's been great to hear from your story um i suppose from your mind have you got anyone that maybe we should target for the next pod or for, for future pods from your network or that you think would be good to hear from
2: i mean there's so many yeah in non-league I don't think you really can't go wrong uh, in a lo- local kind of yeah. community, community in our area there's um, so many characters whether it be players um coaches yeah. managers um people running clubs yeah um, I'm, I'm struggling to think of of, of individuals in, yeah. in particular but I think if if I uh, I know you've you've spoken about um possibly getting on I think you've got couple of other guys land, lined up. I don't yeah. know if, but if you, if you, I'm not sure if it's me to say the name of the player you mentioned earlier. Oh, you can. He's fine. Yeah, you, oh, you can go so, for so, it. So, so if you are, what I would say is, if you are getting Evans on, you, yeah. you, you you couldn't, you wouldn't go far wrong with uh, getting uh, Alex Teniola, who's one of our players. To oh, him. please, yeah, that they are, um, they're best friends, yeah, um, and they will probably provide you with some some entertainment because they the. You know, uh, no, I know Alex obviously better than I do, uh, Evans, but I do yeah. know Evans as well, and I think, um, yeah, between them, I, they, they would be quite entertaining, um, with uh, an EFL kind of hat on in yeah. terms of your format, yeah. and, I, and I know you, you said that, um and Orient fan isn't yeah. he? I've got my 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 assistant manager Joe Keith um, yeah yeah played played um and won promotion with with Leighton Orient and we've got a couple of ex pros that played locally in, in our club um,
1: yeah
2: yeah Greg Greg Halford, Halford. Uh, yeah, played for yeah locally for Colchester and then just about every other club in the football league. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. But, but a really interesting one would be Nathan Smith yeah um who He's Yeovil Town's record appearance holder, but he started his journey in non-league, went into the football league, and now he's back playing in non-league. And Amazing. I think guys like that they kind of come full circle. And hundred percent, uh, yeah. So, so that's from from within our um, circle, if you like. But they, equally, the the owners we have, um, and yeah, I don't think you can go wrong at any of the Essex clubs. And agreed. Certainly, if there was anyone you were interested in, and I could help. Um, send them your way. I'd be more than happy to do that. Cause I think what you're doing is brilliant. Yeah. You know, I've been listening to your, your pods. Really, really, really love love the stuff that um, you and Joe are doing. It's um, well well done. And,
1: well, well, it means a hell of a lot. And yeah, yeah sure, we'll go, certainly- go from strength to strength. Yeah, like it's, it's a passion project for us, and and one that we want to definitely continue, and one we've just loved doing, and getting people like you on, and getting people like Danny and then Danny Scopes, Danny Hill, Brad, all them people, and future guests to come, that'd be amazing. But if you can link us with like Alex Deliola and 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 others, that'd be in, incredible. And um, well, if you
2: speak into Evans, he'll be he'll, 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 he'll speak to Deliola more than, than good, nice, or even other
1: probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent, honestly. <laughs>
2: Yeah.
0: honestly
1: no um that'd be amazing and, and thank you for so much for the kind words it means a hell of a lot um coming from you so um yeah fr- from our perspective um you know anything you can do to help our following that'd be you know massively appreciated you don't have to do it but um you know it, it, would, it would mean the world to us so thank you um so, well we'll finish the interview there jay thank you so much for your time um you know i don't really know how to top it off there but we will be back. We'll take a little mini break and we'll be back on the pod with the uh, Predictions League and uh, we'll look at how me and Joe did in the latest round of fixtures. Probably terribly, but we'll have to see. We'll see you in a mo.
0: Well, I, for one, thought that was an absolute banger of an interview. I mean, I'm a bit biased, obviously. I, I, even if it was rubbish, I probably wouldn't have said, but it wasn't. It was fantastic. And uh, I did not think I did nearly enough uh, work hyping it up beforehand as well. I let the, I let the merry-go-round. I spanned too hard. I have got off the teacup and, and, and felt sick and, and, and wobbly, and that's why I didn't give it the oomph it, it, it so clearly warranted. Um, fantastic. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, oh, sorry, Andy. Sorry, I'm always getting you two mixed up these days. Um, also, what a fine to know that I am me. What Would that be one degree? I'd say me and Jay are friends now, by, you know, by association with Andy. Well, OK, no, actually, that's not how degrees of separation work. So Andy and Jay, Jay and Joe Keith, me and Andy on the other end of that, that I am two degrees of separation away from a member of the Leighton Orient 2005-2006 League two promotion winning Fulham Premier League side FA Cup fourth round defeating team. Incredible. Joe Keefe, hero. I was at that Fulham game. Two one. See you later. Who's called the other one? Craig Easton. There you go. A bit of Orient knowledge from the archives there. Um unreal. I'm I'm buzzing. Should have been this buzzing beforehand. I'm definitely this buzzing now. Um and what a disappointment it's going to be for everyone when I now... Well, not disappointed because everybody loves the Prediction League, you know. It's what the masses want. It's the, the banging at my door every week for it. But a performance, as Andy may have alluded to already, is is disappointing. That That's what's going to get everyone down. Um, and I bet everyone's on such a high after the interview. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll rapid fire it. Here we go. Are you, are you ready, kids? Championship, QPR versus Blackburn, we got it wrong. Um, who could have possibly predicted this? Uh, League 2, Colchester, Forest Green, both got it wrong. Who could have possibly predicted this? Bolton versus Barnsley in League 1, I mean, we both got the result wrong, obviously, that was a given. Um, but Andy did actually predict a draw and it was 1-0. So he takes a solitary point, our solitary point of the week away with him to uh, extend his lead. To what would appear to be an insurmountable eleven-point lead at this moment in time, I've now gone three uh, prediction rotations without a single point. So I'm not only not guessing the result like correctly, accurately. I'm not guessing the result at all. Um, this is bad news, um, and as a result, I'm going to cut. I'm going to quash this uh, this this week's predictions altogether. Um, I'm going to go away. I'm going to think really hard. I'm going to run some statistical models and I'm going to come back next week and get zero points. Um, So everyone look forward to that. Get hyped. Um, As Andy mentions, as Andy suggests at the end of the interview, plenty more coming up. Um, I'm not going to leak it because I'm not a leaker, but watch this space. Keep coming back for more. Um, If you enjoyed that, well, there are plenty more where that came from and they're all just as exciting and interesting. I promise you. I think this is the very first... Is this the first one I've ever said goodbye to everyone on? Maybe. And if it isn't, hey, feel free to let me know and point me to where I was wrong, and I'll deny it. Um Have wonderful times, everyone. Thanks for listening. Um Bye. No, I'm not allowed to end it like that. This isn't what Andy would have wanted. Mr. Professional, Mr. Paxman wouldn't... Right, he wouldn't end it with you like this. What would he end it with? He'd end it with... Oh, he'd end... I've got it. I've got it. I've redeemed myself. He'd end it with, check us out on the socials. That's what he'd say. He'd say, get yourself over to Instagram, get yourself onto... Well, he would say Twitter, but, you know, it's X, formerly known as Twitter. Type in the FL Sesh podcast or the FL Sesh pod. It'll come up. You know, we're absolutely enormous. Follow us on all of that. Share it with your friends. Uh, Put it on for your pets. He regularly... And he regularly brings that one up. Um... They'll love it. They're going to love it. You're going to love it. Your friends and family are going to love it. Spread it about. Um cool. I've done I, that correct. Well done me. Pat on the back. Um oh, I've, yeah. Here we go. Ta ta for now.